You are now listening to Afrobeat Radio, a public affairs program presenting African perspectives on global issues. I am Wui Jacobs. On September 19th, 2018, Mr. Arthur Mitchell danced his final dance on this side of the divide, joining the ancestors in a grand choreography that is only for those in the beyond. Arthur Mitchell was an American ballet dancer, choreographer, and founder and director of the Dance Theatre of Harlem. Born on March 27, 1934 and raised in Harlem, the late Mr. Mitchell was the first African-American dancer to become a principal dancer of a major American dance company. He joined New York City Ballet in 1955, where he rose to the position of principal dancer and danced in major roles until 1966. George Balanchine created several roles for him, including those in Midsummer Night's Dream in 1962 and Agon in 1967. Arthur Mitchell received numerous awards in recognition of his groundbreaking work and achievements in his lifetime, including a MacArthur Fellowship in 1994 and was inducted into the National Museum of Dance. Mr. and Mrs. Cornelius Vanderbilt Whitney Hall of Film. He was also awarded the United States National Medal of Arts in 1995 and the Kennedy Center Honors in 1993. Mr. Mitchell received honorary doctorate degrees from numerous leading universities, including Juliet School in 1990, the City College of New York, Harvard University, and the New School, amongst many others. Dr. Carol Marie Webster is on the phone with us. Dr. Webster is a visiting scholar at the Institute for Religion, Culture, and Public Life at Columbia University. She's also the conductor, instructor, co-producer of Afrobeat Radio's ongoing workshops on critical joy. And also, to help us along with this tribute to Arthur Mitchell, we have on the phone Miss Karen Brown. Good evening. Thank you very much, Miss Karen Brown, for joining us. And It's my um, pleasure. I think we also have Adishola Akinleye. Yes, hello. Oh, good, great. So now, thank you for joining. We just want to make sure that everybody is on the air. So I'm going to give Dr. Webster, actually, the honor of introducing Miss Karen Brown. Oh, thank you for such an honor. <laughs> I have known Karen Brown for some time now, um, but let me just go, just say a little bit about who she is. Karen Brown spent 22 years as principal ballerina, featured artist and um master teacher and lecturer with Dance Theatre of Harlem under the direction of Dance Theatre of Harlem founder Arthur Mitchell. From the inception of Dance Theatre of Harlem, Kennedy Center Community Outreach Residency in Washington, D.C., she was a master teacher and adjudicator for the groundbreaking and innovative community-focused program. Ms. Brown immediate transition from active performer with VTH was as director 
of Education at the Atlanta Center for Dance Education. Her background as a master teacher includes classes and workshops at colleges, universities, dance schools throughout the East and Western Europe, North and Central America, the Pacific Rim, Egypt, and South Africa. I'm going to stop there. Her credentials are numerous. Karen and I met each other, wow, back in 19... Back. Back in 19-something, and worked together at the Georgia State University. Um, right. Yeah, and it is a pleasure to have you here on the program in honor of the amazing um, Mr. Mitchell. I have Thank given, you so much. You're welcome, welcome. It's, it's <laughs> glad to hear your voice and speak to you again after many, many years. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So welcome to Afrobe Radio. It's my pleasure to be a part of this very important tribute to Thank Arthur Mitchell. Thank you. you. One more honor that you have to do for us as of now is to introduce Miss Adishola Akile. After all, you are the dancer and we're just radio makers. <laughs> <laughs> Adishola Akile uh, is a choreographer, dancer, researcher, and teacher. She began her career as a dancer with Dance Theatre of Harlem. She later established her own company, Salter, and she will correct me on that spelling, on that pronunciation when we speak, whilst living in New York City, for which she was awarded the 1999 National Women's History Month Award and for distinguished achievement in the field of dance by town of Islip, New York. She has been a part of the Canadian Nationwide Artist in School program, as well as a teaching at the University of Manitoba. Um, she studied choreography with mentor Bessie Schomburg while at Dance Theatre of Harlem. She's choreographed in many places throughout her career. She holds a master's in dance education and community from Middlesex University and a PhD in sociology of the body from Canterbury Christ Church University in the UK. She has her own work. Um, her own work can be seen on dancestrong.com. Welcome, Adesola. Hi, thank you very much. I'm very moved to be a part of this tribute and uh, Still quite a sad time, but it's very nice to be remembering Mr. Mitchell and all of his work and what he's done for us. Thank, thank you, you for, both for being here. Go ahead. Yeah, mm. thank you. Thank you for joining us. I would like for you to just give us some comments, your immediate comments and reaction to his leaving. When somebody lives up to 80 years old, I tend to think of it more as celebrating a life than, um, you know, something to be sad about even though there is sadness in not having them with us anymore but what was your immediate reaction what is your immediate comment yes thank you uh it is still a very raw uh, pain yes mr Mitchell had a wonderful rich and very full life and it was really my honor and privilege to have worked with him for so many years 
to describe this feeling that I have is I feel untethered. Mm-hmm. So, um, my, it's like my anchor is gone. Both of my parents are deceased. My mother just passed in November. And when he passed, uh, I just feel, I think, untethered. It was the most appropriate thing. I'm, I'm certainly buoyed by all of the lessons and the opportunities that were provided to me because of his tutelage. Um, he will be greatly missed, and it's like a deep, deeply rooted wound. Thank you, Karen. Um, I, um, it, it's to say a sort of similar feeling that, yes, it's a really uh, rich life to celebrate and to have had around us, but there's a sort of sense that so much of his work uh, spoke to the heart of dancers, particularly sort of African-American dancers and ballet, um, that is still pioneering those ideas today although dance theater of harlem has done so much work it's it's work within a larger context where there's still a lot of work to be done and um he's led the way on that and so his transitioning makes me feel a bit like a lifeline as um is not there to connect with and uh i didn't know um, mr mitchell in the same way as Karen or someone that was in the company for a long time. I wasn't in the company for a long time. Um, So I think I represent more the people on the periphery who've had the the benefit of all the work that he did and the work that the company did, um, that sort of heart in the centre. And from the edges, it feels as if that heart, uh, it, it feels quite frightening that that's shifted and changed, while at the same time, of course, celebrating how much he's done and how much he's given us. Carol Marie Webster, what your own feelings were? I remember when you called me and you said Arthur Mitchell passed and it was like a personal blow to you and it was quite painful. I could feel the pain myself having that conversation with you. What are your immediate thoughts? Um, well, just as Karen and Adesola, I... Yes, the loss. It's very clear. It's like a a light has been pulled in a particular direction. But I want to, I want, I know that Arthur Mitchell would want us to recognize that the light is being pulled in a direction, but it has, it's not out. Yes, that we're responsible for carrying the light. I did not have personal contact let's say i've met him twice but <laughs> as a dancer in new york city as a is a as an african diaspora dancer in the world arthur mitchell was one of the pillars of light that kept you going it he was there to remind you yes you can do this you can do more you can do better yes keep going and and yes. just that constant encouragement um, was just a part of his being. So even if you weren't in direct contact on a day-to-day basis, like the 22 years of Karen, you know, you are affected by it. Yeah, I'm a part of that 
Harlem extension community that's both here in the U.S. and abroad. Um, uh, this, this, the power of his light is so strong that what time is it there in the U.K. now, Desola? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, four in the morning, yeah. It's four in the morning, and she's on Skype so that she can be here with it. This is how strong his light is. So it's now, it's a torch that said that we have been passed, that we're supposed to now run with that torch of light. I'll say I have a keen sense of that, just kind of taking up the mantle, you know, he's passed the torch on to us, yeah. but there's... um. In my conversations, I've, of course, been checking in with my DTH family ever since um, the news of his passing. And I get a sense that so many of us are like, all right, all right, I have now, you know, I have to take up where he left off. And so I am now going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to pursue my idea. It's not too big. Uh, it's not too controversial. So there's a way that we're even more um, continue to be supported by him even when he's no longer with us in person yeah almost like a, the responsibility they i mean i continue to hear the um i'm sure at solo you heard this that we represent something larger than ourselves yes yeah, yeah. that's a person every day but mm-hmm. and it's hugely important to start out every you know day every class performance moving through the airport in the hotels uh, overseas and and nationally, but right, we are. I mean, there's a we're representing something larger than ourselves, which is an idea about artists and uh, people and the the carriage of the body and how proud we were and are. It's hugely important. Yeah, there's a definite feel that we take, um, you know, that idea that we take our sorrow and use that as energy for moving forwards and a sense that um, uh, now the responsibility is to to do those mm. things or, and move forwards with those things that you might have shied away from because that I sort of have this feeling of like, well, who's going to do it now? Well, it's up to us. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Arthur Mitchell's contributions to the world of ballet in the United States and in the world in general, um, and how through his professional and personal conduct, he um, contributed to transforming ballet. The second question, the lessons that you all learned from him as students, as family, really, because, you know, he created not just a community of dancers, but he created family of extended family of dancers you know reading about him it felt like he was one of those who understood that we we were all connected you know when we talk about ubuntu for instance you know what that really meant and what that meant at that historical moment in harlem in the united states for particularly young black people and the role he played in their lives you know um, and the third part of it is uh, his legacy, the issues of continuities. We also have recordings from his former students, his colleagues, his uh, friends, his mentees and protégés, and that will be interpassed 
um, throughout the conversation that we're having this evening. But I think we're close to actually bringing that recording from Virginia Johnson that you wanted so much, Carl Marie. <laughs> but, Thank you. But, Thank you. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but before we get to that, we also wanted to interpose the conversation with the kinds of music that provided the movement uh, material as well as you know so inspirational source but concreteness you know um, one of the things that about mr mitchell apparently is that he was always rooted he was a very rooted person and throughout his uh, professional life he actually brought african-american life into ballet it was not just about dancing it was the music as well so think about it karen um, yeah. We need you to let us know what music that um, played important part of Mr. Mitchell's ballet. We know that some music of the era, you know, was very important to him and he included them in his professional work. So if you suggest some music when you think of it, we'll try and find it and hopefully we can share it with the audience as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, what comes to mind right off the bat is one of the first ballets that I learned was choreographed by Lewis Johnson of Forces of Rhythm. And when you started out the set with Donnie Hathaway, um, there was a pas de trois to He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. And then the in the coda ended up with um, where all the four elements, the ballet girls, ballet boys, ethnic boys and skirt girls were on stage who were dancing to The Breakdown by Rufus Thomas. Oh, Breakdown. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so Donna Hathaway and Rufus Thomas, Breakdown. Let's see if we can find something. The road is long. There it is. There it is. Here comes Gail, here comes Gail <laughs> McKinney. <laughs> Thanks to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> With Homer Bryant. Oh, this is by Melba Ma. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. So before we do that, um, let's prepare that. Uh So he actually choreographed to that or with that? It was um, Donny Hathaway's version. Ah, Donny Hathaway's version of that song. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. The choreographer was Lewis Johnson. Lewis Johnson. Mm -hmm. Let's have Virginia Johnson join us. Hello, this is Virginia Johnson, Artistic Director of Dance Theatre of Harlem, responding to your questions um, about... um, Arthur Mitchell. It's uh, a week since he's passed, and it's still a terrible, terrible shock. Um, I'm going to speak very briefly, but I do think it's important to celebrate the work that he did and make sure that his impact on this field remains uh, powerful and strong and enduring. 
I think that for me, uh, I was a young dancer who had been dreaming of being a ballerina my whole life, uh, but was told that there wasn't any place for me, and Arthur Mitchell created that opportunity. I actually came to New York in, in the fall of 1968 uh, in the hopes of finding my way into a ballet company. Uh, there weren't any that would take me at that time, but that was the moment that Arthur Mitchell was working in the basement of a church, uh, St. James Presbyterian Church, on 147th Street and St. Nicholas. And that's where I found my future. Uh, he certainly terrified me in the beginning, and he still terrifies me even now. <laughs> but uh, he was the person who had the vision to see that this art form of classical ballet could be something so much more than was what imagined at that time, or to be honest, in this time as well. So I came here at a tender age, and I learned what it meant to be a professional ballet dancer, a person who was uh, promoting and transforming this art form. And I learned that through Arthur Mitchell, through his demand that we be excellent in every way that we could be, that we uh, embodied what was possible in this art form. Uh, and uh, through his inspiration and his direction, I uh, persisted for a very long time and learned so very much. So to me, the thing about uh, question two, the lesson, lessons about family and community, uh, we were an island. We were a small group of people who were uh, advancing a new idea, and there were plenty of people who thought we shouldn't do it. Um, and we also had our own questions, or maybe I should just say for myself, I had the question, could I really make this happen? And the beautiful thing about Dance Theatre of Harlem in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, the time period that I danced with the company, was that we leaned on each other and we supported each other and we had our, our, our backs facing in so that we could support each other and face out to the world and show them something more beautiful than what we thought we could do. Um, Arthur Mitchell was a taskmaster. He was never satisfied. He never would let you feel like you were doing enough. And so we supported each other in that as well that when he got down on somebody, we would support them and help them get, get forward. But you know, with Arthur Mitchell, it was not about personally demolishing you. It was about making sure that you understood that you had the responsibility, your personal responsibility, to make sure that this art form moved forward. It was a tremendous time. Um, so many people learned what ballet could be through Dance Theatre of Harlem in those uh, those first decades. And it was my joy to see the, the acceptance in both the black community and the white community of what ballet could be through Dance Theatre of Harlem. Uh, now that we're in this age, question three, that we are um, actually thinking about diversity and, and bringing more African-Americans to the ballet stage and making sure that the stage represents the audiences that we try to reach. I don't want Mr. Mitchell's pioneering legacy to get lost in the fact that people are more open to blacks in ballet. He was a singular individual, starting with his own career, 
and he created the possibility for so many of us to address this challenge and succeed in it. And that's the legacy that I want to be continued. I want the history books to reflect on what he did, not as an aside, this is what was happening in black dance, but this is what was happening in American ballet at that time. I want us to be part of mainstream history as well as part of black history. Thank yeah. you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, take the qualifiers off. Let's take your quick comments. We do have two more uh, tapes to play. And of course, not to forget, we do have Miss Lorraine Graves, who will be joining us by phone. So let's go with um, Karen first. Karen Brown, please. Wow. I, uh, Virginia, such always such a powerful, thoughtful comment. And you absolutely agree on the the piece that re- really resonated. Um, I'm jumping at question two now about the, the family and the way that we supported one another and helped each other be their best. Um, I joined the company at 17, and so, I mean, I left my family in the South where I, was, I had a very similar experience about uh, my the possibility of me being in a, a ballet company. My uh, director... And Arthur Mitchell were in New York City Ballet together, and I believe he just was funneling dancers. He was training us beautifully in Augusta and funneling us straight up to DTH. Um, the Rhonda and Rosalind Sampson were in the company. And then I came, um, and we just supported one another. And then the other piece that I wanted to say about the uh, our responsibility in this uh, feel to continue to provide access for artists of color in all aspects. I love the push now to get um, more African American dancers in ballet companies, and I'm taking up the mantle in my way to think about how to provide access for the black ballet choreographers to be on the big ballet stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Mm. let's um have additional respond to that yeah i wanted to just uh sort of talk about the extending of the reach of his work um so obviously i'm from the uk and i'd had a very similar experience that i've been uh, training in ballet and at the end of my training i was told that i couldn't carry on dancing because there was no such thing as black ballerinas um and mm. it's not that ballet is something that is just so special that we all have to do it. It's that if it's that is your mode of expressing who you are and that's how you um, move through the world and understand yourself and the world around you, when someone closes that off to you, they're not just closing off the ability to be part of an art form. They're closing off the channels for you to contribute to the world. So Dance Theatre of Harlem were on tour in England at the time I'd just been told that I needed to give up dancing because I was black. I went and did a class with them and um, spoke to Mr. Mitchell and he invited me back to New York. And there in America, there's a very different um, climate for um, for uh, the idea of community of black dancers. In England, we're still working on that. So there was this uh, eye-opening experience of 
the community that was Dance Theatre of Harlem that I kind of entered into and the extended community actually around the building, um, the people that would just be sort of sitting outside a laundrette somewhere with a Dance Theatre of Harlem hat on because it was, the, you know, off around the corner, the building was around the corner from where they lived and that, that sort of community enveloped me into it. It was a quite a culture shock, but um, I think that kind of talks to the idea that Mr. Mitchell started to teach what I got from him, what I learned from him was not just about family and community, but that your community is your family. Um, mm. And, mm, and that, beautiful. yeah. Um, and then, and obviously that kind of, that love and um, sense of, community is your family that he that that emanates from the building it then extends its arms out sort of internationally back um to the people that come there and their the families and communities that they leave to go to dance theater of harlem and uh it starts to become a sort of lifeline out and about through the world so i feel really uh, honored to be talking about him with um karen and hearing Virginia and when you were asking about what his legacy was I had uh, was thinking about this idea of threshold concepts so there are some things that you can't unknow that once you've kind of uh, come across that idea it becomes a part of your understanding of the world whether you agree with it or not Mm -hmm. Um, and I really feel that he was a threshold artist that Mm -hmm. it's not just within Mm -hmm. Um, African-American dance or even within dance but the the fabric of the arts themselves have changed because of his work and it won't change back. He opened a threshold for us that has influenced um, how we see the arts in the western world particularly. Wow, wow that's incredible. Wow. Yeah that's an yeah, incredible that tribute. Thank powerful. you very much. Yeah it's very powerful. Thank you very very much. Thank you. And we hope to have you back again on Afrobeat Radio. Okay, thank you. Carol Marie Webster, do you have a question for Miss Brown? Can you share a personal moment? Wow. There's so that many. Was, that <laughs> were just one that was for you a transformative moment in your dance, in your understanding of yourself in dance. Hmm. Well, you know, I think about all the the experiences. Is it is it the moment with, when Jeffrey Holder, Keith Saunders used to tease me about being a quintessential Holder dancer because I had the opportunity. One of the first pieces I learned from him was Dugua, and then there was ballet. And so, can remember when I was given that role. Arthur Mitchell was just the access to the great choreographers that we were exposed to learn from having Freddie Franklin in the studio and Bill Griffith as our company teacher, working with Madame Danilova, the balancing artist that would come in and teach us when we had access for free to all of Mr. Balanchine's works. Mm-hmm. So there was Serenade and Allegro Briant, Four Temperaments, and those artists, the original dancers, Mr. Mitchell would bring them into the studio to share what they had heard and been taught by Mr. Balanchine. Wow. To hear Mr. Franklin's stories. Um, 
you know, to work with Valerie Bettis on Streetcar Named Desire. I just started writing. I had to take myself to the uh, banks of the Savannah River and sit and write mm. on Sunday. My um, executive coach suggested that to me so that I can get some clarity. I mean, I'm very isolated here where I am in Georgia now. But in some ways, that isolation has helped me move through the process, and part of it was writing down. And so I started to write the names of all of the people that I had been introduced to through my work with the Dance State of Harlem. And um, I, I mean, I got to where a white piece of paper just was like black, dark, dark gray. I was writing with a lead pencil because there were so many names on the paper. There was no more white space left. Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, Patty LaVille, I mean, just wow. so those, all of those people, Alex Haley, informed, and to see the rapport that they had with Mr. Mitchell. He was and, a portal to you. And, yes, when Adesola said the threshold, yes, there was, there was a way. Here's, here's the way that you do it. Here's the way that true artists enter, um, mm-hmm. share with one another and give. And so to be able to see these great masters on stage, and they're there in the studio just telling you how they did it and recognizing something inside you that can be brought out. I mean, I think I know that Mr. Mitchell created stars. He could see talent, raw talent, like these little rough diamonds in the rough, bring them into the studio. And, you know, all the things that uh, Virginia was saying, how we were taught in this family. I mean, they were our family. We, we were like kids when we came up there. Uh, and so all of those things, so there's no one moment, you know, I just uh, wanted yes. to share with you yes, so many I, I other hear things. You. I hear you. Yeah. 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 It was the whole, your whole experience with him were moments after moments after moments, one portal after right. the next, after the next, to the next. Yes, I, under, I hear you. I you hear know, and you. the thing that I also want to add, which I, I think is different in some ways today, I mean, I, we felt that I feel like we're just more powerful and more intense was that um, the uh, the support of the other dancers. Everyone wanted everyone to be the best that they could be, right? And so, you know, we um, cheer each other on, we help each other get something that maybe you weren't getting it in the rehearsal period, help us understand what he was saying. It was wonderful. And this is why we're, we're still so connected to this yeah. day. I mean, I haven't seen, you know, very similar to the relationship with you and I. I mean, I haven't talked with you in a while, but I haven't talked with China in a while. And Gail and uh, Homer, they're just reaching out to one another. Everybody's checking in, how are you doing? And talking to one another makes us feel better. Yeah, yeah. It's always, it's crying, it's laughing, it's remembering, it's weeping. It's, okay, so now then what are you going to do? Um, and, how, and the way that we are looking for and continuing to find ways to work with each other yeah. in the way that we watched Dr. Mitchell bring, uh, provide work for and access for Billy Wilson and Jeffrey Holder, Lewis Johnson, of course. You know, I have a company we're training. Your work will, will make my artists better. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. This platform will help your, your work be seen. Um, mm-hmm. I just love that part. Karen, thank you so much. We have to move on. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, for, it's been my pleasure. For sharing. Thank you very much, Karen, for joining us, and we hope to have you back again. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you. 
we will now listen to Dion Wilson in his recorded tribute to Arthur Mitchell. Good evening. I am Dion Wilson, a native of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, my experience with the Dance Theater Harlem began in 2000 to 2001. I had just finished doing a two-year contract with the Philadelphia Dance Company and I had decided that I wanted to move back to New York City and try and make it as a dancer. Um, I had very little. Um, I just had a four-month-old son. I had about $300 to my name. I was able to find a apartment to sublet for the summer, actually for one month of the summer. No, no furniture. Um, I took the apartment. I moved to New York without a job. Before I had moved to New York, I had been going back and forth, doing a few auditions, trying to find a job, and nothing. Nothing landed out. I had even auditioned for the Dance Theater Harlem, nothing. Got to New York, laying on the floor, sleeping around, two weeks. No job, nothing, trying to find something. Nothing came about. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. Before I had moved to Philadelphia, I was a student at SUNY Purchase, State University of New York Purchase College. I did two years there, the dance program, and I left because I got a job. I wanted to dance, anxious, young dancer, and um, I left to move to Philadelphia. After I come back to New York and realized that I wasn't getting a job, I figured the only way for me to be able to stay in New York City was to try and go back to school. So at that time, I got in contact with my dean at the Purchase, Carol Walker, and um, they were able to get me re-enrolled back in school. And um, I was planning on going to school part-time, finishing up my degree, and still, you know, staying in New York City, taking dance classes, and trying to find my way up the ladder of somebody's dance company at somewhere. It always been my dream to be a dancer in the Dance Theater Harlem and Alvin Ailey because as a young dancer, a young black male dancer, growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, these are the companies that we looked up to. These are the people that we thought, you know what, if I ever can make it as a dancer, this is where I want to be. So as I'm in New York City hustling, I decide to go back to school and um, I re-enroll in school and I'm all set. School starting next week. As soon as I do that, the next week I get a phone call from the Dance Theater Harlem. Get a phone call from Dance Theater Harlem saying, Mr. Mitchell would like to see you take company class. I'm like, well, I'm here. I'm in New York. I can come. You just let me know. And so it turned out I went the next day, the next morning, 10 a.m. dance class. I go and I take company class. And I'm nervous. I don't know what to think at this time because I've already auditioned for this company. I did not get hired. I, I, I'm just puzzled at the fact that they even remembered who I was. So Mr. Mitchell comes in the studio. He watches most of the class. He sees me dance. And afterwards, he tells me to come in his office. Boy, my heart just dropped to the floor. I go in his office and Mr. Mitchell said, you're a fine young man. Um, I read your resume. I, see, I saw that you began your dance training with um, Sylvester Campbell. Um, Sylvester Campbell was my first ballet teacher in Baltimore. He was also the first black man to dance with the Bolshoi Ballet. And Mr. Mitchell offered me a job. He said, I would like to offer you a position in our corps de ballet. And I was stunned. 
So the first thing I thought was, OMG, what am I going to do? I just enrolled back in college. So I tell Mr. Mitchell, I said, all right, Mr. Mitchell, I really, 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 really want this job. But I just decided last week to go back to school because I didn't get a job in New York City. And he said, well, son, let's figure out what we can do for you. So I end up calling back my dean of purchase, telling her this story, how I just got into dance theater home. And she tells me there's no way you can turn down this job. Absolutely. We're going to figure out a way for you to come to school and be able to keep that contract. And that's exactly what I did. So I danced in Dance Theater Harlem for that season, and I was also able to go back, finish my classes, and graduate with a BFA. You're listening to Alphabet Radio, and this is WBAI at 9.5 FM New York City. I am Wee Jacobs. My guests are currently on the phone, Dr. Carol Marie Webster, and also on the phone with us is Miss Lauren Graves. Thank you very much for joining us at this late hour. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Once again, you have the honor to introduce Ms. Graves. I am going to both introduce Ms. Graves and also say something about Dion Wilson. As Dion mentioned in his contribution, he is a native of Baltimore, Maryland. He graduated from Baltimore, Maryland School of the Arts and received a BFA with, as you have heard, the help of... um, uh, Mr. Mitchell from the University of SUNY Purchase. Dion is proud to be, have been a part of award-winning Broadway musicals, The Lion King. Shortly before that, Mr. Milson worked with Bill T. Jones on the creation of Fela, the Broadway musical. Dion was also a member of Philadelphia Dance Company, Philadankill, and of the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater, where he performed many principal roles. And we have with us on the phone Lorraine Graves. Lorraine was born in Newfork, Virginia. She began training under Jean Hamlet at the Academy of the Newfork Ballet. She received scholarships to the School of American Ballet and Joffrey Ballet School. Upon graduating from high school, Ms. Graves attended Indiana University in Bloomington, where she received her Bachelor of Science degree in three years with distinction. You know, she's a dancer, right? Um, Ms. Graves joined Dance Theater of Harlem in fall of 1978, rising to the ranks of principal dancer in just one year. Later, she became ballet mistress, Renaissance of the company while still maintaining her role as a dancer. Welcome, Lorraine Graves. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I have to say that I've been listening all evening, and I have to just agree with a lot of the sentiments that I've heard the other dancers say. Um, Mr. Mitchell gave so many of us an opportunity to fulfill our dreams. I think all of us as little girls were probably the only little black girls in our studios at home, and we we all wanted to be ballerinas. I wanted to be a ballerina. I just didn't want to be a dancer. And Mr. Mitchell gave us that platform to be able to fulfill our dreams on such an international stage. I can't imagine 
what I would have been doing had I not had that opportunity. I met Mr. Mitchell actually when I was in high school, and then I, you know, decided to go to college, and I got my Bachelor of Science degree in ballet, and then I joined the company straight out of college. And I also had another obstacle. Not only was I African-American, or they called us black back then, Mm -hmm. I was tall for dancer. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would be in class with other dancers and would be told, oh, you're too tall. Well, how can I be too tall when I'm standing next to someone that's taller than me? But I knew what that meant. Arthur Mitchell Mm -hmm. told me, you're not too tall, be taller. Ah. And because I was tall, I had to be of a certain ability to be able to stand alone, to be able to be a solo third principal because I was really too tall to be in the court of ballet. So that was another challenge that I took on at at the very beginning. And um, I was given principal roles when I first joined the company. My bond with Mr. Mitchell was maybe a little bit different than some of the other dancers because I became ballet mistress at such an early age and I was still dancing. So I will use the word that I was sort of his right hand, maybe assistant artistically, but that put me in a difficult position sometimes, but it also made me a different kind of person. Um, I've been listening to people's um, sentiments about how they felt when he passed away. Mm-hmm. I feel numb. I feel a void mm-hmm. in my life. Mr. Mitchell was, for a lot of us, um, the father away from our fathers because we spent probably... 40 to 45 weeks a year, especially in the 80s and the 90s, with the company. And we were away from our families. So Mr. Mitchell was, he was our dad uh, in a way. He took care of us. We were a family. And um, when we traveled, we looked after one another. The older dancers looked after the younger ones. We made sure everybody was okay. We were, you know, trying to keep each other healthy and safe and and all of that. But, But for me... I established a different kind of bond with him because I was ballet mistress, because I was the one that went on the road with him to stage his ballets all over the country. I think the first place we went was to do his manifestations in San Francisco Ballet. So I was honored and privileged on another different level besides as being a dancer and um, ballet mistress. I became one of the company teachers very early on. So I had a lot of responsibility. But to get back to how I felt about him, I had the honor, the distinct honor, to be in the studio with him a month ago. And I was staging his ballet tones on Dance Theater of Harlem. And that ballet will be performed as a part of Dance Theater of Harlem's 50th anniversary at the City Center season in April. So... Um, it's very difficult for me to really talk about how I feel because I was just, I feel like I was just with him. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't understand, I think, why, why isn't he here anymore? But Mm. I know that we have to carry on and I have been tasked with a lot of things to carry on. The thing about Mr. Mitchell, he taught us to be dancers but he also taught us to be the best human beings that we could be. Mm. And that was very important. And Karen alluded to this when he said, you're representing something larger than yourself. And that's how we carried ourselves 
Um, and that's very important. That's something that I'll always carry with me. But I also have to say that my parents instilled that same sort of thing in me. And um, Mr. Mitchell, when I would talk to him, the first thing he would do was ask about my mother. And I think that he sometimes cared about, about other people more than he cared about himself. And that's how he was. He was a giver. He he developed us as dancers. If there if there hadn't been a dance theater in Harlem, I would not be on the phone talking to you tonight. So I have my memories. I have my precious memories. I have my very close closer memories than maybe some other people don't have. Um, yes, he was a taskmaster. He used to say he was a benevolent dictator, and he was. <laughs> yeah. But that made us be the best that we could be. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that Dancers of Harlem showed the world through his vision that African Americans could do classical ballet. And sometimes I think, and I'm going to say this on the record, that we were better than other companies in some yeah. of the stuff that we did. And he made us be able to do that. He showed us the world. He introduced us to all kinds of people. And, you know, everybody didn't become a ballerina that started out in a school. Their dancers that used to be in the company, they're now um, lawyers and doctors and bankers and, and artists on Broadway. But he gave us all that very first opportunity, and it led to other things. Let's listen to Thera Ward before we head out. We're coming to close so that we can get a quick response to that and then um, call it a night. Arthur Mitchell transformed ballet in the U.S. and throughout the ballet world. And his legacy and his contributions heavily influenced me personally and professionally. Professionally, he wanted to make sure that we understood that we had to be 10 times better when we did ballet wherever we did ballet, because we would be held to a higher standard. And so we worked very, very hard. And personally, it helped me to develop a lifestyle of discipline and uh, community awareness. What lessons about family and community were salient for me in the Dance Theater of Harlem model of training and professional development. Dance Theater of Harlem was a family and countercultural to what was happening at that time. In ballet, it's about being the best and doing whatever you have to do to make that happen. But in the culture of Dance Theater of Harlem, we were a family. And Mr. Mitchell didn't allow us to have egos and attitude. We had to work together. And I believe in creating a culture where we had to work together and there was a family environment, we were able to accomplish so much because we linked arms and we encouraged each other to go forward instead of creating obstacles to create division. It helped me to understand the bigger picture and being a part of Dance Theater of Harlem was not only being a part of the Harlem community, but he used to always tell us that you're representing something bigger than yourself. And that's something that I carry with me to this day. In what ways do I believe Mr. Mitchell's legacy will continue to inform ballet in the Harlem community and the African diaspora community? 
Mr. Mitchell's contribution in the Harlem community was great because he believed that people should have an opportunity to experience the discipline and beauty of ballet, even if they didn't want to be dancers. He just really believed that that was the tool that he could use to help people better themselves. He always challenged young people to do better, and he would challenge them to make plans and come up with business plans and move forward in their dreams. And it was clear that when we did the African American Day Parade on a couple of days before his death, it was so clear what Dance Theater of Harlem meant to the community and means to the community because you could see the love, you could feel the love. It was palpable. It, you could just reach out and touch it. And that's what Mr. Mitchell was about. In regard to the African diaspora, black dance community, Mr. Mitchell's legacy will be felt for generations to come. And there's no way that it can be ignored because he was the first African-American male in a ballet company when that was a myth that people could not do ballet. He debunked the myth. And that's very, very significant. And there were things that he did, the way that he conducted himself gives us tools and direction as to how to navigate diversity in the 21st century. You were on board from the moment, really, that I reached out to you, and I really am honored and appreciate your openness to be a part of this tribute. My question to you is more forward-thinking. Where do you see Dance Theater of Harlem in the next decade? Well, Carol, I think it's important for us as, as alumni to continue to carry out his mission and his dream. You've got um, the Dance of Harlem now as it exists. It's a smaller company, but I think that with proper guidance and it's there, that his vision will continue. I think that um, because, you know, I've had the opportunity to stage his tones on the company, I think that's an, an opening that's going to keep his name alive. And that's, that's the thing. We have to keep his name alive, his legacy. His legacy has, is his name. I think people know now that perhaps he was the first African-American in, in New York City Ballet, but we've gone beyond that. His dream is beyond that. Like I said, he touched so many lives. He gave us all such opportunities and such a chance, and we're, we're all excelling in our own ways, and we have to continue as individuals, as a group, as alumni, as the new company members, they, I think they know what they have to do. And that's going to keep the company going for the next decade. Thank you very much. We have to leave it there for today. Many thanks to our guests for making this tribute possible. The concept that we all should have. We hope that Mr. Arthur Mitchell's life and example will continue to lift and inspire us all. We leave you with Donny Hathaway's He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother.
with a many a winding turn. That leads us to who knows where. Who knows where? Lord help tonight. But I am strong enough to carry him.